the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is, and welcome back as we head into our second hour this Friday, Open Lines Friday. It's a delight to uh, get a call from the chairman of the Freedom Caucus, blessedly representing Arizona's 5th Congressional District, the mighty Andy Biggs, firing on every pin and then grabbing a few more. Andy, thanks for being here. More importantly, thanks for being where you are. Hey, thanks, Seth. It's good to be with you. I was telling a, uh, I wondered, I, you know, I, we, 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 we were talking uh, with, I was talking with your staff about a proposal uh, you were working on uh, earlier in the week, and we'll talk about it, of course, since then about five other major things have come up that you have, you, you have gone on to resist. I was saying to the audience earlier, there's now about 20 things that have occurred this year that in any other time any other time, starting about four years ago, would have just been the story of the year. But we just, you know, they just come and go. They just breeze right past us. And uh, you can call it a memory hole. You can call it the crisis industrial complex, whatever the phrase for it. And we just continue and move on. A a week from now, I don't know if we're going to be discussing paying out money to illegal aliens. But I want to get to that. First, I want to start with your proposal on OSHA, because there's that that's hard and detailed work you're doing. Can you tell us what you're doing on OSHA? And then I'd love your statement on uh, on paying out illegal aliens. Yeah, what we're trying to do with OSHA is we are trying to prevent them from enacting uh, this rule that would enforce mandates. And uh, and that's that that is, te- uh, you know, that's a tedious rule making process. We're trying to get in the middle of that. Um, and uh, and on top of it, we're trying to encourage folks to be prepared to litigate that thing should, should that rule go into effect. So um, Freedom Caucus guys are working with me. We're, you know, we've got the bill. It's hanging out there. But we're fighting the Democrats, as we always are, mm-hmm. uh, whether they'll even give it a hearing. It's an odd thing when you look at what they're trying to do to get this federal vaccine mandate into the private sphere as well as into the public sphere, but certainly also uh, noteworthy is, you know, this effect on the private sphere. And until about a month ago or two months ago, I just didn't know what mechanism the government could use. I didn't know what constitutional provision or authority they could rely upon and I'll tell you, the last thing that ever occurred to me, Andy, and I mean, I'm not the constitutional scholar you are, so it may have occurred to you before the Biden folks ad- admitted to it or, 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 or promulgated it. The last thing I ever thought of was OSHA. It just wasn't on my mind. Yeah. Using an administrative body like that, bypassing, of course, Congress, bypassing, of course, other normal routes. But to engage in this novel thing, I guess, why not deploy a novel institution? Yeah, so 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 I, I I'll get in the weeds just a little. Bit. Yeah, please. There there is no constitutional authority for a vaccine mandate. Um, they're trying to pigeonhole it into the same authority um, that 
that they use the Secretary of Labor, the Department of Labor on it. And, and there's not a great deal of original intent constitutional authority for that. So they try to buttonhole this into the Commerce Clause. And I, I won't get into that necessarily, but they say that all this is related to uh, interstate commerce. That is their ultimate justification. And so then in the meantime, there's a statutory scheme for both Department of Labor and OSHA. But there's another statutory scheme on how you make rules of the executive branch. And they're using those rules, which I think are unconstitutional as well. I think Congress has foolishly and long, uh, over long delegated its authority, its constitutional authority, to the uh, to the executive branch. Mm-hmm. And anyway, that's how they're doing it. I mean, it, I know it sounds a little bit uh, complex, but but um, it, it's a I don't want to say normal. It's an it's it is a way that they're trying to button a hole this this mandate in there. And um, you can I can see the footprints. I can see where they're coming from, and I can see where they're going. And we're trying to head it off uh, legislatively because that's where anything like this should go. And then um, then it needs to be litigated, uh, just like you know, just like the abortion case, just like every the MPP case. Everything's being litigated right now because. Um, Congress abdicated its responsibility and authority, in my opinion. Well, bless you for doing it, Andy. Let me let me just ask you one one more thing. Do you see a link here? This 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 may sound like it it doesn't work, but I think it might. The funny thing about this order is companies are already complying with it before it's been issued. It's kind of an almost reverse chilling effect, if you will. And I think it's related to the way this administration is trying to do business. It's the same way Merrick Garland's memo may or may not lead to arrests by the FBI. But, boy, it's going to have a real chilling effect on people wanting to voice their opinion and show up at those school board meetings. Just what they announce has either a chilling or reverse chilling effect that engenders a, a certain compliance that's astounding. Is, 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 am I onto something here? Yeah, you're 100 percent right. I can give you some quick examples. Oh, okay. <laughs> number one, number one is the the MPP policy. They've already announced that that as soon as the uh, uh, judicial injunction wanes, they're going to repeal the MPP program. They're not enforcing it now. They're just claiming that they are. So that has a, a, an incentive effect for people who want to come in here illegally. So that's one. Good. Another one is we uh, you, is exactly what you're talking about. You're talking about the OSHA. And so they, they did that, and so people started, companies started uh, threatening that you're going to have to get this uh, or, or you're going to get in trouble. Uh, and now they, they're doing the uh, VAX mandates for kids, right? So, mm-hmm. that, so that will be another one where you will start seeing schools um, uh, start trying to mandate that, and, and governors are going to have to respond to that. But, the, but this is total tyranny. This is the way a tyrant works. Um, uh, and particularly a fat, particularly a fascist tyrant. This is the way they work. They they get out there and they they command make edicts that that they don't have have any authority to do. But it scares the bejeebies out of people. You bet. And they respond. You bet. They they respond. Yeah, they've seen what the power of the state can do, and they want no part of it. So it's easier to comply. Let me move you across a couple other things here, Andy, that you've been working on. Uh, I want to get to the payout to illegal aliens in a moment. But talk to me about DHS guidance and ICE agents, too, which you've been all over. Oh, my goodness. You know, uh, I, I was just notified while waiting to get on the phone with you that there was another uh, 
uh, memo by Mayorkas. So Mayorkas is the Homeland Secretary, so ultimately he's in charge over, over things such as the Border Patrol and uh, Immigration and Customs Enforcement. Well, he issued his first memorandum not too many days ago saying, um, we, we, you know, we're just overwhelmed, so we're going to use prosecutorial uh, discretion, and we're, we're not going to we're not going to remove people. We're not going to arrest people who have removal orders. We're, in other words, we're not going to enforce a law. That was the first step. And so you couple that with, with the, uh, the uh, um, cite and release, what they're doing, the, you, you catch and release into the country. You basically have now an open border with, with a de facto amnesty. Then what they said on top of that just uh, earlier this week, a couple days ago, he put out another memorandum saying, if, you know, for the 1% or so that we were looking at, that we may, we may think we're going to remove, which they're not going to, if they happen to be in these following locations, a school, a church, a health care facility, or you name it, um, he said, we will not. We, they, that's like having sanctuary in those yep, places. We bet. will not remove you. And then you get to the one today, just a few minutes ago, that I, uh, I received notice of is the MPP thing, the Remain in Mexico policy, which was so successful um, for slowing down uh, illegal uh, migrants coming across. That's if you if you are um, uh, someone seeking asylum from any other country in the world but Mexico, you're going to have to wait in Mexico mm-hmm. or go home. Mm-hmm. And so those people quit coming. Again, back to the incentives thing, uh, mm-hmm. Seth, that we're mm-hmm. talking about. People mm-hmm. respond to incentives and disincentives all the time, deterrent effects. So you've got those three things that have happened in the last seven, eight days from Mayorkas, um, I am now, just so you know, updating my resolution for the articles of impeachment of Mayorkas because this is blatant violation of uh, federal law uh, that Congress passed. Mm-hmm. Andy, there's nothing they won't meddle with. There is absolutely nothing they won't meddle with. And, and, you know, people yesterday started getting shocked and surprised when they began reading, I guess originally from the Wall Street Journal, this latest effort to endow Illegal behavior. San Francisco started about a month or two ago by paying people. Did you see this? San Francisco is now paying people not to commit crime. (laughs) It's a short distance between paying people not to commit crime and paying them to commit crime. It seems to me that's where we're at right now. And, Andy, you know, people – how big is your thesaurus? People write me and say, did you see this story? Oh, my God. Amazing. Wow. What do you say about that? I'm running out of words. I mean, I, I suppose in a crisis yeah. industrial complex, you become numb. Maybe that's the point. Overwhelm us so that we become numb to this sort of thing. But what say yeah. you? Yeah. Two points on that. There was a theory put out in the mid-60s by some Marxist communists who said, we're not going to ever get a, a proletarian revolution in America because yeah. suddenly the middle class does so well. So their idea was you overwhelm them with crises, mm-hmm. which is exactly what's happening today. Yeah. Uh, the second point is uh, $450,000 for uh, people who were ostensibly separated under the laws that, oh, by the way, Obama had in place yep. and Trump enforced. Okay, mm-hmm. So now they're going to give them $450,000. I was talking to uh, uh, a, a, police officer, a police officer from another state a former police officer, I should say. And he said, with what I started with, he said, that's that's as much as I made my whole career. I should just leave mm-hmm. and come in and make a claim. Because, they, they're, Seth, 
one of the things about this is even our databases of to whom this went for is really hard to, to put out there. I mean, we actually had hearings in the last Congress about this because the Democrats were still trying to, to tag that on President Trump. And we got down to, um, we, we had a fairly good idea where these people were, who, how many there were, but half a million bucks. And the Democrats, frankly, they don't care anymore how much money they spent. They really don't. There was a um, an anti-revolutionary uh, scholar during the French Revolution who said this revolution, like every other, and like Saturn, will eat its own children. And I have been wondering, you know, what will be this final straw for the left where they will realize, well, yeah, we're losing the rest of the American people here. Maybe we are eating our own children with this with this Marxist uh, approach to public policy. Uh, again, I could name you 18 things I thought would have done it. Maybe this one will be the 19th that will do it. I don't know. But if Americans are numb to this, um, then I don't see how we're going to stop the Marxists at this point. They cannot be numb to this. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'll get, again, I'll give you two quick points. I think a bellwether is going to be this uh, Virginia governor's race between yeah. Youngkin yeah. and McAuliffe. I think that'll tell us because uh, a lot of people uh, are very, very upset with direction of McAuliffe because he's just bought into the total left-wing uh, mantra. Yeah. And then I guess I guess the other thing uh, that— By, by I, the I way, would, that's an important point. That, this, was, this was an example yeah. of the good liberal, not the leftist, but he is totally bought into the left— agenda yeah good point anyway sorry to interrupt that sorry yeah no no problem i i, I guess i guess the other point would be um uh, we we have to uh, uh realize that um we were really close to that point yes uh, yesterday in a hearing i was at we brought in uh, the left brought in all the executives of these major oil companies and uh, here's where i get really nervous because, and this is, if you look at my speech, I basically chastise the execs because they are appeasing the left. Half of those, half of those CEOs have, in, in, have put in policies that will drive up the cost, ultimately, of, of gas products for uh, America, Americans in particular, but around the world. The left is okay with 8 to $10 a gallon gas, which is what Germany has now. And... Um, uh, if we cannot, if, if if we've lost, which I think we have, the corporate boards, the CEOs of these major corporations, then, then Seth, it's going to take the grassroots, uh, uh, the, an irate minority, as Samuel Adams calls, lighting free, fires of freedom throughout the country, resisting these movements. And we see it. We see it. I, I don't know if you saw the, the uh, New York City employees yep. and the fire yep. unions. Yep. Um, just that's what we see happening. That's what's going to have to happen if we're going to push back uh, on this on this revolution. Well, you have to push as hard as the age as pushes against you, Andy. And we're glad we have you championing it for us. Thank you for leading us in that fight, and thanks for spending so much uh, so much energy on it and uh, your uh, your limited amount of time uh, explaining it to our audience. We really appreciate you, brother. We really do. My 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 uh, blessings on you too, Seth. Thank Thanks. you, Andy. Blessings to you. Godspeed, you and your family. Stay safe. Stay strong. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Teresa's in Phoenix. Hello, Teresa. 
Hi, Seth. Thanks for taking my call. Of course. Thanks for your patience. You bet. Sure. No problem. Um, I, um, I'm kind of like all fired up about this issue with mandating the vaccines. I'm a nurse practitioner. I've been a nurse since 1986 and recently lost my job because the uh, practice that I was with mandated the vaccine. Um, obviously, I think we're exactly what you and uh, Mr. Biggs were talking about, the OSHA and actually CMS looking to make rules to not, um, in, in which they haven't done yet. That's but I think man, uh, for those that right don't know, on. that's the Medicare services, right? Medicare right, services, yeah. mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. And so the issue, you were right on when you said the um, these organizations and practices are kind of jumping ahead of the game. Oh, yeah, they're preemptively complying. They're preemptively bowing down. The rule does not exist in anything other than a statement by Joe Biden a little over a month and a half ago. That's all it is. It it has not been issued by OSHA. Not at all, nor CMS. Nor nor CMS, right, right, right. Alliance Defending Freedom and the um, America's First Line Doctors are looking to see if this does come to fruition. I think they're ready to... um, pounce on the administration. And I know I'm not speaking out of line because I've seen that in writing. Um, I just want to add to the caveat, I think that the medical professionals who are in a tizzy about this, trying to make decisions about putting food on the table and and standing their ground, I got to tell you, Seth, I have faith. Um, I left my job. I'm a single female. And God is good. I had three job offers. I was able to refinance my house. I was able to dip into some of my um, retirement funds because I've been really very frugal in in my 35 years of nursing. So shout out to all of you who are struggling with this. Please stand up for your freedoms, just like you and and Andy Biggs were talking about. This is a Christian worldview that if we don't take a stance, we're going to be in trouble. Um, And I'm I'm wondering also, just kind of want to, I'm not real good with politics, but Recently, my 86-year-old father shared with me a uh, message that came from Khrushchev back in uh, 1961 where he pounded his shoe oh, on Oh, yeah, it. right, right, um, right, right. And, and the concern is this is exactly what's happening. And I don't know if you've shared that on your radio well, show. Well, I've, what, I've tried, happened. and I don't know if I've done that example specifically, if not in a long time, perhaps. Uh, I've got to tell you a couple of things, Teresa, uh, or sure. respond at least. One is I'm not sure what sentence it was. It's been an awfully long time since I got goosebumps from a call. You gave them to me. So I'm so glad you waited. I'm so glad you called in. I'm so glad don't I'm so glad you articulated what you did and I'm so glad that it's working out for you. Um one of the things I find most interesting about the world we're in. Actually, can you hold one more moment? Can I pick you up with you on the other side of this break? Can you stay just a little bit longer? I appreciate it. Stay a little bit longer, as uh, Jay and the Americans might sing. And everyone else on hold, we'll get to you, I promise. There's even room for more, 602-508-0960. I'm going to talk to this brave nurse practitioner, Teresa, some more when we come right back. Little Charlie Pride for you there. We are talking with uh, Teresa, who is a uh, listener caller, nurse practitioner, uh, rather got uh, terminated than comply or uh, endorse with the vaccine mandate at her health care practice. Teresa, without asking you, although you may have said it in the notion of why you um, 
uh, were separated from your, your health care employment. Without asking you that, as a nurse practitioner, let me ask you this. What, as a nurse practitioner, has you opposed to a vaccine mandate? It's not that I'm opposed. Um, well, yeah, okay, the max the vaccine mandate. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah. I wanted, to yeah. Be, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Right. I just want to make that clear. But mandating something that has not been in, it goes against the science right now, particularly in the patients who have had COVID, right. and I've heard many of your callers call in, um, the mandate uh, just violates our rights as individuals. It's, it's anti-biblical. It's anti-constitutional. Um, um, you know, the, the state does not have sovereign over our bodies. And I think that that's the key piece is that what makes them so arrogant to think that they know how we should be taking care of our bodies. If that were the case, then we should shut down McDonald's because people get, you know, a, rather crudely say they get fat because they're eating at McDonald's. And that's, that certainly is a um, one example, one of many examples of, of things we do to our bodies that put a strain on health care. By the way, on so that point, it, never mind the strain on health care, which, which is, yes, of course, uh, tremendously uh, problematic. How about, the, how, how about that very issue being a contributor to uh, mortality rates with COVID? Last uh, figure I saw undertook a study that said 78 percent of COVID deaths were of the obese. Did that fit, absolutely. Did that fit your, uh, your witness as a nurse practitioner? Absolutely. So that's why, I asked you, that's why I asked you the question, what about it as an NP – did you find objectionable? Because we live in this very interesting world, and I just want people to understand it because you don't always see the bias. Dennis Prager likes to point out that bias is often more what they don't say than what they do. It's probably a mix. But I am not so old to have forgotten that a year ago, nurses, nurse practitioners, frontline uh, assistants in the ED departments across the country, they were heroes I saw ads on TV made to salute you as heroes dealing with the COVID situation. Heroes everywhere, on The View, on ABC Morning, on CBS Morning, on Sunday, everywhere you go, the new hero was the nurse. Fine and good. Great. They couldn't interview enough of you. I find it really interesting that now that nurses, in large part, one of the groups leading the charge against the vaccine mandates, they ain't interviewing you at all. They're not curious to know no. why you're doing it. You're not a hero anymore. And they're not interested in reporting to the American people about COVID through the lens or the eyes of what nurses and nurse practitioners are seeing today. I find that to be biased. Am I wrong? Am I missing something? No, it makes me angry that they're not asking those of us who have seen these patients, yeah. have been with these patients, yeah. have survived yeah. and have gotten COVID and survived it. I've, I've had COVID. My antibodies were tested. My antibodies are three times the normal level, which is, again, if we can't determine if your body needs the vaccine, and this may be the answer to your question, Seth, just like we do with the chickenpox vaccine. Um, do we need um, boosters for chickenpox? We check your titers. The CDC is saying don't check your antibodies if you've had COVID. Just take the shot. Mm. That's my opposition. Mm. There's got to be a better way. In addition to all the um, treatments that are available that aren't being given to the patients who have the mild um, symptoms, um, they're saying get vaccinated, don't get the medicine. And I know you've said this on your show, and Dennis Prager has said it on his show. 
No, you're not preaching to any choir because CBS, ABC, CNN, MSNBC, NPR, PBS. Uh, what am I? <laughs> what, what am I missing out? Washington Post, New York Times. They will not interview you the way I am. They will not ask you these questions. You are the forgotten hero. To them, you were a hero when it was bad for Trump. Now you ain't a hero anymore. Thank you. Thank you. I. Well, I yeah. And thank you. I, I'm kind of going out on. on COVID. Um, I started nursing in 1986 when AIDS wasn't AIDS yet. And so we, um, as a nurse taking care of those HIV patients before they were HIV, you know, 35 years later, all of a sudden, this, this virus is going to end my career right. after what I've done. Right. Um, no, so, ma'am. yeah, I, I still think the nurses are heroes. We are the unsung heroes. And the nurses that are in your audience, you need to stand up for your rights. It, it's it's just not fair. Well, I want the general call out that we are a nurse-friendly safe space. If a nurse wants to speak out, Teresa, along your lines, I want to salute you. I want to thank you. I want to ask you to call back again. And I want you to know that you are operating and acting in the best tradition of American history that used to be venerated and respected and saluted, seems to now be reviled. We'll talk more about it when we come back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Just got an email. I could have given uh, nurse practitioner Teresa an entire hour. I, you bet I could have. I hope she'll call back. And if, Teresa, you're still listening, um, go to the website, 960thepatriot.com. Email me. Love to have you on for an extended segment where our listeners become guests. Brandon is in Phoenix. Hello, Brandon. Hey, how are you, Seth? I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Pleasure to meet you and, and, and talk to you. I listened to you for so long. It's not even crazy. But, uh, it's nice to make your acquaintance, too. Um, Thanks for calling. You bet. <laughs> Thank you. I have a conundrum, right? Okay. And that is that I'm a conservative, and my whole life, all I've heard is a woman's right to choose mm-hmm. when it comes to abortion, right? Their bo- it's their body. It's this, that. My body, my so choice, forth, that you know? kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I'm going to – I'm not – this is not a trick question. Like, I'm looking for an answer here. I haven't heard anybody say, look, if you're going to force me to get an injection, isn't this my body? Don't I have a right to choose? Yeah. And, 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 I'm, and I'm following all the media, and I've never heard that come up. And I, and I, I think the, re, the realization that I had was is that, well, that's kind of a conundrum because then we kind of give them that power, right, if we make that claim. I take your point. No, I take your point. So if they concede it, then we have to concede, right? We have to concede. If they concede it on our issue, they we we have to concede it on theirs. I take the point. And of course, the slogan itself. Let's let's do this wholesale and retail together, Brandon. I I may miss out on something, but you may have a, a better insight on it. Let's let's do it both ways. So the my body, my choice is obviously. Uh, in, in in its first use, uh, u- used by the uh, anti-abortion lobby, or at least the anti-abortion crowd, if not the professional lobby, uh, my body, my choice. It 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 of course is a nihilistic, even anarchistic uh, notion. Of course, of course, the state has a right to control actions of our bodies. Of course, it certainly. Uh, of, of course, it certainly does. It, it does it in any number of 
any number of ways, right? Uh, Start with the criminal laws. Just start with the criminal laws. Start with child abuse laws if you want. So, of course, we know immediately that to say my body, my choice, um, it doesn't it doesn't really get you very far beyond the notion of 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 nihilism and anarchy. The problem that immediately arises from that claim as well is that when people invoked the my body, my choice on behalf of the uh, pro-abortion effort, they only spoke of one body. They only spoke of one body, and it didn't sell very well because as every physician knows or as every technician knows or as every person who can read a picture, uh, look at a picture and discern with eyes to see knows that there are more than one body involved in that claim. More than one body involved in that claim. Ronald Reagan gave voice to it on a famous radio broadcast once saying, I'm always – I'm always fascinated to see that the people who the only people who advocate for abortion are the ones who have already been born. Um, Lincoln spoke about that in regard to slavery. Uh, now move it to where we are today. Now move it to the latest claim of my body, my choice, because you are seeing anti-vax mandate folks using that slogan. Well, when it comes to my body, my choice, I think the anti-vax or the anti-vax mandate crowd, if, if that's better, the anti-vax mandate crowd, I think they have a better claim to it because it's not about two bodies or three or four. It's about one. It's about an individual sovereign's body and no further. And it doesn't just apply to women. It can apply to women. It can apply to young children. It doesn't involve another body. You're not making a decision about someone else. And if someone tells right. me, if someone tells me, well... The vaccine is you taking the vaccine is about protecting other people in society. I'm going to come about as close to throwing up as I possibly can without throwing up on air, at least, because there is no science to that point. It's as scientific as me. Look, I work in a studio (laughs) in a radio studio that's cold often. And it's it's cold often because there's hot equipment and all kinds of stuff. So they have to keep it cold. I would not tell my production team, Bill, Rusty, Anthony, and the crowd, I would not tell them, I'm cold, please wear a jacket to make me warm. And neither does the science work like that with the vaccine. The very first study the CDC put out, the very first study the CDC put out after they said you need to mask as well as get the vaccine, or if you're vaccinated, you need to put masks back on. It came out of a small area in Massachusetts. They did a study. They released it. The study found, the CDC's own study found, that the vaccine does not prevent transmission. It may mitigate, and in fact, there's a lot of evidence it does, and I don't question it. It does, in fact, mitigate a lot of of effects from COVID for a lot of people who have the vaccine. It does. It has nothing to do with stopping the spread. And just today, just today, Bloomberg, which is on the left, puts out a story from The Lancet, which you probably haven't heard about, and CNN ain't touting. And it found that in a year-long study of 621 people, this is The Lancet. This is the gold standard of medical research. The Lancet put out a study, and it found, let me... Just quote, 
peak viral load was similar regardless of vaccination status. Quote, people inoculated against COVID-19 are just as likely to spread the Delta variant of the virus to contacts <laughs> in their household as those I who haven't it. had shots, according to the new research. It. I'm sorry, Dr. Charles Barkley was wrong. It's not about doing it for everyone else. It is about doing it for yourself if you want or if your doctor advises. I think so that my body, a- my choice has it works best with this and does well with the old leftist movement or the old pro-abortion movement. So the question I had, Seth, I was wondering is, am I, I don't know if I'm still with you here or not, but uh, that you're, is, you're with me. You're with me. <laughs> okay. So that, that was an excellent point. Thank you so much. And that really helped me a lot. And, and it's so obvious um, that obviously we're talking about a child, right? And so I'm wondering if, in your opinion, uh, just that nuance is, is tough. Is, is it, does that make it tough to kind of get that out into the marketplace and the media? Well, my, because it's nuanced wh- that wh- way? Which part? The, the, what I was saying about abortion in context of COVID and vaccinations? Well, when you say it's my body, it's yeah. like my body. But when, you, when, you, when it's abortion, it's my body and it's high, uh-huh. right? And that's big difference maker. Yeah. But when you're marketing and you're trying to say it's my body, I have a right to choose, but then trying to separate, well, when you have a baby and all that sort of stuff, is it just too complicated of a message? To I, yes, there, yes, probably it is. Yes. I don't think we need to go down the route I went with you. I was just kind of exploring it intellectually as a talking point. I would simply give them the evidence and the science on vaccinations and tell anyone who mandates that you vaccinate that the last time you checked, they weren't your personal physician. They don't know what you need. They don't know what your body is. They don't know what your body chemistry is. They don't know what other conditions you may have. They don't know what's best for you medically. You do. Also, it's unconstitutional. As I would not be a slave, I would not be a master. Whatever differs from this to the extent of the difference is no democracy, Abraham Lincoln said. We used to venerate that. We used to honor that kind of notion. Rob, in surprise, long time no here. Rob, how are you, sir? Well, I am fine, sir. And uh, first of all, I want to thank you for putting me on. And uh, second of all, I, I want to wish you a happy weekend. Um there's so many things to talk about. Cause thank you for coming on, and happy weekend to you. Well, well, thank you. Um, I, I, you know, I was thinking about Ann Bauer, and I did read from the tablet. I read her article yesterday. Um, did you not find it as fascinating as I did? I, I found it not only fascinating, but I also found it heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, what, what, what concerned me the most, of course, was that she said she was a lifelong Democrat. Yeah. And I thought, wait a minute. Yeah. Uh, Hasn't she is she connecting the dots between what her story is all about? She will. And she will. Give her, yeah, we're going to get her. We're going to get her. I, oh, I'm good. convinced we're going to get her, Rob. She will. OK, well, she, well, good. Yeah. She lost all her friends for the all her liberal friends left her. I think we're going to yeah. get her. Isn't it funny how that always yeah. works? Yeah. And, and it's, it's sort of the same thing with, you know, the Christian cinema thing. Um, she cinema uh, was actually officiating at that. Oh, was she officiating more than her presence there? She, she was, was actually officiating. Okay, at it. all right. 
Right. And, you know, that's why I'm, I'm starting to think, well, maybe Kristen's going to open her eyes and realize that maybe she's not on, you know, the right side here. And maybe she'll come around and, and understand the freedom thing, which, um, you know, I originally wanted to kind of talk about when you were bringing up earlier the whole conservatism idea. Um, I remember a week or two ago you were talking about the uh, Republican Party platform of 1856, and and I, I think there's so much in it. Obviously, some of the things like, you know, getting, getting you know, Kansas statehood and all that doesn't really apply, but the, the maintenance of the principles promulgated in the Declaration, embodied in the Constitution, are essential for the preservation of the Republican institutions, and that the federal Constitution, the rights of the states and the union of the states must and shall be preserved. And that's just one of the first things. And I started thinking about, you know, conservatism and the Republican Party. I remember way back when you used to say, yeah, the Republican Party is the cross we have to bear. Yeah. And you know, you know what, Seth? It shouldn't have to be that way. The Republican Party ought to be, and I can't remember what your previous caller was saying, but basically I think the Republican Party needs to be that circle of big black guys around. Remember the movie The Revenge of the Nerds? Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. when they were being protected from the jocks and all the people that hated them and everything. Yeah. The, the Republican Party needs to be that big circle. For this country. For this guy. country, yeah. You want to exactly. hold? You want? You can get into yeah. it. You can get into it. And by the way, I, I'd love to get into it more with you because I think there is something to the Kansas-Nebraska Act that still, without getting into dork territory, it is relevant. Look at what Lincoln said about the Kansas-Nebraska Act and the right of people to vote to enslave others. They don't have that right. That was what Justice Douglas was, uh, Justice Douglas, Judge Douglas was about, giving people the right to enslave others. The right. Lincoln said they don't have that right. I think that's still relevant. We'll be right back. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 